0: Could it finally be getting easier to watch Cincinnati Reds games in 2023? There's a big story in the world of sports broadcasting that may be leading us down that path. We'll explain on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we're free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds and Jeff and I have both taken that passion and we've turned it into information for you on today's podcast. uh, We're going to be talking about a story I'm sure you've heard about by now. uh, And we're going to pass that information on to you and tell you exactly what it means. We're going to be talking about Valley sports, the regional sports network that carries not only the Reds, but many uh, major league baseball games throughout the country. Uh, They're filing for bankruptcy. And that means several major league baseball teams are going to be short on cash help them they are poor uh, we're going to tell you what all of that means also the reds have shot signed chad pinder formerly of the oakland athletics which makes the outfield picture in 2023 a little bit more clear we're also going to be talking about the reds number uh the over under number at 65.5 and what you all thought uh, in response to my twitter poll poll over the weekend. But Jeff, let's start with this news in the world of major league baseball broadcasting, because uh, the more we look at what it means that these regional sports networks may be filing for bankruptcy, the more we look at the money that is involved. It one makes things make a little bit more sense about what some of the teams have done with their payrolls this year. And yep. two, gives us a little bit of hope that maybe major league baseball will finally address uh, the ease of access issues when it comes to watching your favorite uh, baseball team depending on what area of the country you live in because of the blackouts
0: yes the the operating company for Bally sports which is actually so there's a little bit of uh financial stuff and some some newsy stuff we're going to talk about in here we're going to talk about bloomberg i never thought i'd talk about bloomberg on locked on reds but here we are that college but, uh, is going to
1: pay off today brother exactly
0: uh the 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 operating company for valley sports is headed for bankruptcy as reported by bloomberg news um but the end result of all this may be exactly what we what what all of baseball fans are looking for, but let's start with the facts, Steve, because this is one of those stories where we're going to kind of tell you where the story is going to take us, but we need to know where the story is right now. Because according to Bloomberg, Sinclair's subsidiary Diamond Sports Group, which is the management uh, company for Bally Sports quote will probably skip a mid february 140 million dollar interest only payment that services around 8.6 billion dollars in debt as it prepares for a chapter 11 restructuring that will completely royal the 55 billion dollar us sports media business that's sinclair's 55 billion dollar company so this is kind of the the essence of this entire story because Diamond Sports Group literally cannot pay its interest on the debt because in order for Sinclair to purchase the regional sports networks from Fox and the whole deal because Disney couldn't buy the RSNs because that was some sort of breach of um, antitrust thing or something like that. So Sinclair purchases them for $10.6 billion. $8.6 billion of that was borrowed, not paid for. So that's kind of where we are. With all of this, and then Diamond Sports Group was sitting on approximately $585 million in cash, so they could have paid the interest. The problem with that is they can't pay the team partners around $2 billion this year just to maintain its television rights deals.
1: It's, it's no. really, from, from Bally's side of things, it's really a mess. So and I know a lot of people out there's eyes are are attempting to glaze over right now. Yes, there's this a lot is of- important. This is important stuff. And here's here we're getting to the the really the meat of this thing, why it's so important. If the regional sports group, if uh, Diamond Sports Group declares bankruptcy, then their creditors will take control of the company. And their creditors are major league baseball.
0: It's and 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 financial institutions like Fidelity and and different banks and things like that. So there's going to be this restructuring thing. And according to Bloomberg, their reported plan um, for the restructuring diamond would finish that plan in May or June. And and the reason for that is after the NBA playoffs, as there are a number of NBA teams that they broadcast for that, you know, they're expected to be in the playoffs, the Cavaliers, the Pelicans, things like that. Um, So they would wait until after that happens. So you say this and you say all of these numbers and you say, oh, restructuring big words about corporate business that most of us are just like, oh boy, whatever. Just what's the end game TV revenue for the Reds could disappear with this. And we talk about this a lot, Steve, is that, you know, we, we, when we complain about the payroll and things like this and how it's so low, we always say, well, they roll out of bed and they make X amount of dollars based on their TV deals that could completely
1: disappear. It it very well could. And I think what I think what this means is they're going to be moving to a model where uh, people are going to just have to subscribe specifically for the baseball. So baseball is not going to be on your cable system. I don't think I think that they're going to follow the model that's developing out there, whether you're a fan of the National Hockey League, whether you're a fan of the National Football League, uh, whether you follow the NBA, if you follow any of those sports, you know, now that all of them are going to streaming. That's what they're doing. They're, uh, they're putting together these streaming packages that make it easy for you to watch the games. Uh, I think baseball has finally seen the light, Jeff. I think that Rob Manfred hates baseball has finally realized that if he's going to continue to keep the cash cow. Coming in, if he's going to keep that money flowing, he's going to have to make the sport a little more accessible. And I think this is where we'll finally get rid get rid of the blackouts. I think everybody, uh, whether you live in Cincinnati or if you're in Kona or if you're anywhere in between, you're going to finally be able to just sign up for MLB TV because all of that infrastructure is in place. They have to do zero things to do this today. They just have to flip the switch that, controls the blackouts and they can roll with it. Um, I think they can grow their revenue. Uh, I imagine the MLB TV will get a little bit a little bit more costly. I think it'll cost a little bit more because they're going to have to recover uh, some of the TV deal revenue from that. But I will gladly pay a little bit more to be able to watch them without problems or workarounds when they're playing on the West Coast.
0: Exactly. and And that's the good thing about this news because – I left off there with, you know, TV revenue for the Reds could disappear. I think it's just going to change as to how it all happens because Major League Baseball is aware of this problem. In fact, back at the beginning of January, they hired a guy named Billy Chambers to a newly created position called the Executive Vice President of Local Media. They saw what was coming, and in fact, I was reading about this in Forbes as I was trying to understand the story and and where it's going. What what's, what's the important thing for you and me, because you know, all of the numbers and stuff that, that doesn't mean anything to me. What does it mean for me as a Reds fan? This is what it means. Major league baseball is restructuring for a direct to consumer type broadcasting system because Billy chambers was in charge of sales for the regional sports networks after Sinclair purchased them from Fox. So he knows how to run all of this stuff. And like you mentioned, Major League Baseball already has the, the infrastructure, the technology. We have the technology to do this. So you just get the guy in place. You 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 know you watch the different events take place that you need to take place, which according to Bloomberg, it's all but a bit of formality that Bally's going to declare bankruptcy at this point. So then that begins the wheels turning of Reds fans not having to wor- worry about blackouts anymore.
1: You know, the other piece of this that, you know, I said it makes a couple of things make sense. You know, it it made uh, what some of the teams have done with payroll this year make sense. If you look at what the Reds cut, it's almost the exact same amount of money that they're losing from this TV deal this year. So, you know, for, for the Reds, they took a short term approach to making sure they didn't. They, it's not that they lost money, that they didn't uh, that they made the amount of money they expected to make this season. They made sure they protected that. The second piece of some of the things Major League Baseball has done that this now makes a lot of sense is over the last couple years, we've seen Major League Baseball work out these quirky deals with streamers to get exclusive content. We've seen Peacock start streaming baseball games with their, you know early morning Sunday, streaming rights we've seen youtube television the reds
0: and yankees get that this year as well
1: they do it's a 5 35 a.m start time locally hawaii time Uh, i think i'm i'm gonna miss that game um but we've seen them put streaming on youtube television we've seen them stream on apple tv plus and i think all of that has been an audition because in conjunction with having the major league baseball tv dot tv infrastructure they're still going to need a streamer to produce the broadcast because major league baseball does not produce its own broadcasts so i think this has been a great big audition process amongst the streamers to see who could put together the best broadcast who could assemble the best crew who could deliver the best product and who got the best ratings and then that's the streamer they go with to produce all of the broadcasts in order to put them on mlb tv or in conjunction with that streamer to have those broadcasts available. I think they've been playing a long game, which is not something that I really expected from them. And maybe I'm giving, you know, the offices in New York too much credit, but it feels like they've actually had a plan for this for a little while. And they've just been slow rolling it to get to a point now where it might end up actually being a better fan experience at the end of all of it.
0: There we give Rob Manfred any credit whatsoever for having oh, a plan. I mean, I feel, feel sick now it surely looks like, he yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you, but one thing's for sure with all of this news about Bally sports and, and the changing landscape of how we will consume Reds games. I believe that this will end the blackouts for Reds fans. And that is absolutely encouraging news. Like when you, when you hear bankruptcy and you hear Bally sports, you're just like, Oh, that can only mean bad news for the Reds. I think It's actually kind of good news. I think we're going to be moving in the right direction here. I'll say this though. Let's, let's circle back to the roster. Let's circle back to the team as we are fast approaching spring training because the Reds made another minor league signing that looks like it will address the depth of the outfield in some way. How is the most precarious position group on this team shaping up, you ask? Well, we'll discuss that coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to give a shout-out to today's sponsor, FanDuel. You know, there's uh, only one app you need. For the Super Bowl party this year, and that is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And we're really excited about them becoming our new partner here at Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, and that's FanDuel. If you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. Love how that rhymes. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. You can literally bet on like how many yards a receiver will have, how many rushing yards a running back or quarterback Jalen Hurts will have uh, for the entire game, for the first half, for the second half, all that great stuff. You can break it down very succinctly on the FanDuel app and the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're the official sportsbook sponsor of the NFL. Apparently sports book and other S words are hard for me to say back to back, but you know what? Sports betting is now legal in Ohio and locked on has the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers make a couple of bucks, download and subscribe to locked on bets for daily picks and analysis. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts and coming up tomorrow here on locked on reds. Who has the most to prove in spring training? We'll give you our answers. But uh, tell you what, uh, somebody that's got a lot to prove, a a group of people that have a lot to prove are Reds outfielders. Because, Steve, this is a position group we're going to talk about a lot this year because there doesn't seem to be much of a plan. There seems to be a lot of guys who are, you know, good in a platoon. Uh, Maybe they're good fourth outfielders, uh, or maybe they're just trying to see if they can resurrect their career a little bit looking at you, Will Myers. So with all of this, the Reds decided we need more depth, and they signed Chad Pender to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. Now, there's even some that I've talked to about him that are expecting him to make the uh, opening day
1: roster. Does this really help the outfield, though? Yeah, no, he's for sure. He's for sure making the opening day roster. As a matter of fact, what you're seeing here is the Reds went out and signed the other half of the Jake Fraley platoon. That's that's who Chad Pinder mm-hmm. is. Um, and I know you've got a lot of his stats that you want to cover, so I won't I won't steal your thunder on that. But I will say that you know with this signing, I think the outfield is is pretty much set. We're going to see Pinder and Fraley in one corner. We're going to see Will Myers in the other corner, and then we'll see Nick Senzel and TJ Friedel share duties in center field. Uh, Pretty much, you know, two platoons and one everyday player in Will Myers. And uh, that will hold true until one of the prospects uh, forces the situation to change or uh, Will Myers has a a breakout first half and gets flipped for – more talent near the break and then they have to revamp things there but I really think this I I think the outfield set
0: yeah I I think I agree with you especially when you look at the fact that I mean for his career Chad Pender has basically had the same career that Kyle Farmer has had when you look at like OPS plus and when you look at his slash line and things like that he's got less power than Kyle Farmer has but he's got a decent you know batting average for a utility player in seven seasons, he has a 96 OPS plus, so just 4% below league average. Now, last year, wasn't that great? He only had an 86 OPS plus, plus. and we're also talking about a guy. The reason we say utility, I mean, he's spent most of his time in the corner outfield positions for the Oakland A's over the last two seasons, but he is a guy that has not played. When, when you look at his statistics, he doesn't play full seasons. He plays 80, 90. 110 games something like that and the reason being is because he mashes Wait, okay mashes might be a little bit generous but he
1: hits lefties pretty well yeah his career high for games played is 124 he did that in 2019 uh you hit on one of the key my key takeaways from this guy and i don't know about the kyle farmer comparisons because kyle farmer I, anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. This is, this is what I say about Chad Pender. Uh, he is a replacement level player. He, you yeah. know, if we're looking at OPS plus replacement level is 100. That says you've got a league average guy. Uh, Pinder's career OPS plus, as you said, is 96. It's pretty much 100 career league average guy. And for a season that is going to be a lot of trying to figure out who guys are uh, bringing in a dude that's just a, league average guy i think is not a bad move um you know this is this is not a splash signing and i know that we have a tendency to look at every single move the reds make right now and roll our eyes and like oh wow they really went out and fixed it you know because this team has been absolute just a dumpster fire as far as the organization goes for a lot of years now but I'm trying not to look at it through that lens. I'm trying to look at it is how does this move impact the stated long-term goals that Nick crawl, who is new leadership has put out there. And this helps you get from point a to point B point a being at where we're at right now with a team that does have to compete in 2023. And I'm not saying they're going to compete well all the time, but they do have to compete. And this helps them do that while figuring out how to get to point B, which is getting all of the prospects called up and ready to go for 2024, 2025, and beyond. So in that lens, if you look at it like that, this is a decent signing. It's a guy that can pair up with Jake Fraley, who we think will play all the time when there's a right-handed pitcher on the mound, and, and Pinder will be the balance in that platoon, and will make, combined with Jake Fraley, a decent major league corner outfielder. Not a great one, but a decent one.
0: Yeah and we mentioned that he, he hits lefties well. He's got a 456 Chad Pender does 456 slugging percentage against left-handed pitchers. So uh, overall you're right. The the signing here is literally just making this outfield usable. I'm not saying good. I'm not even saying average. Usable until somebody steps up. There's there's just going to be so much opportunity if you're talking about a Matt McClain moving to center field or if you're talking about I don't think they'd move L.A. De La Cruz to the outfield this year, but if they did, the opportunity is there. The, these guys, Chad Pender, I don't think there's anyone in this outfield that is blocking any potential future outfielder. Like if the Reds made a move, if the Reds went and traded for a guy, if the Reds called up a guy, that dude's got the shot. Chad Pender, TJ Friedel, uh Will Myers, Nick Senzel. I don't even think Jake Fraley is the kind of guy that's going to block somebody if they're on a meteoric rise through the, uh, through the minor leagues that they will just take over, you know, they'll, they'll block. That's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. There's not an outfielder on this roster that will give them any heartburn at all. If they need to trade them, move them, bench them, any of those things, a couple of names we haven't mentioned, Jeff, we haven't really talked about Stuart Fairchild. We haven't talked about Nick Solak. And I think by bringing in another right-handed bat in Chad Pinder, uh, it says a few things it says that they don't necessarily think that Fairchild is the platoon partner for Jake Fraley. It says that they're not necessarily sold on Nick Solak being the trade, the, uh, the platoon partner with Jake Fraley. I think Solak has a little bit of a positional flexibility. That'll kind of maybe give him an edge on being around and the roster size at 26, maybe lets them carry a sixth outfielder. I think what it means is Stuart Fairchild's going to start the year in Louisville.
0: I agree and I also think um, talking about Nick Solak I think Nick Solak's competition is Alejo Lopez like I think that if Nick Solak makes the roster Alejo Lopez doesn't and vice versa I don't I'm think Sorry that-
1: I'm sorry you need to put some respect on that that is Reds Caravan headliner Alejo <laughs> lopez i I, you need to when you speak his name you need to give him the reverence that he is mouthful
0: reds caravan headliner alejo lopez like oh (laughs) can we make an abbreviation (laughs) Uh, but yes no the 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 point of this exercise and the point of talking about chad pender and the reds going out and getting him in the first place is that they understand nick crawl understands david bell understands there's a wellspring of opportunity in this outfield for the entire season. I mean, there, this outfield is not going to be set for the entire year. I firmly believe that.
1: No, I, I, I agree with you uh, 100%. But listen, as fun as this outfield speculation is, uh, there we've reached the time of year where there's a lot of speculation about a lot of things, and our mm-hmm. friends over at FanDuel are also doing that type of speculating, and that's with the season over under win totals. You and I missed miserably last year, Jeff, but this year the over under for the Cincinnati Reds has been set at 65.5 wins. So if you're going to take the over, they need to win 66 ball games. Uh, Jeff and I are going to tell you about our picks coming up right after this. Before we get to what our picks are as far as the Red's win totals go, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's podcasts and our pick for the best protein bars around. That is Built Bar. If you are looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, these are so good. You won't think that they're good for you. Uh, You're going to think you're cheating on your diet. Uh, They're perfect for helping you maintain the resolutions you set for yourself at the beginning of the year. We've made it through a month. It is February. I hope you're sticking to your plans and achieving your goals and built Bar can help you do that now i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like real candy bars uh while maintaining amazing statistics and you know how i feel about the stats around here i love the stats uh what's even better is with all these stats they're healthy they're a healthy option for you and your diet they're only 130 calories they only have four grams of sugar and they're jam-packed with a whopping 17 grams of protein And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box in the mail. That's right. I know for years we've been telling you to order all of your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, a double chocolate, or coconut puffs jeff's drooling right now guys i can guarantee it uh if you're close to a sam's club run and grab a 13 bar box with the hit flavors brownie batter and churro listen the churro is so good i order those all the time keep them stashed they are great place your order or head to the store buy them now you can thank me later get your built bar today You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Make sure you click the subscribe Uh, And the notification bell. If this is your first time here, you'll get notified every time we go live. Uh, We've got another Aloha Friday Live coming up this week. Those are so much fun. We want you to participate. So click that bell so you know when they are happening. In between shows, you can follow Jeff and I on Twitter as well as the show. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That is Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There's no Fs in that. Uh, All right, Jeff, the over-under. I know you've never met an over you didn't love. The over under is at sixty five point uh, five. What are you gonna do? Smash it! I'm smashing the over <laughs> on that. Are you still in the seventy? What did you tell me? What did you say? Seventy five wins. Seventy five wins. I
0: think. I think, and and we'll talk more about this through spring training. But I think that the bottom of the NL Central could be separated by five games. I think that you could have a seventy five win Reds, a seventy six win. Pirates, 77 win Brewers and a 78 win Cubs.
1: So I put a I put a poll out on Twitter over the weekend. And if you didn't see it, it's still live uh, through Friday. But in this poll, I basically ask all of our friends that that follow us on social media to pick the over or the under. And if they care to let us know why. Currently, with almost 200 votes received so far, 63 percent. Of the voters have taken the over and I'm I want to tell you that to get 60% plus of people to agree to anything on Twitter is usually a big deal and the fact that <laughs> 63% of the people are taking the over um, I, I, quite frankly surprises me a little bit Jeff it, it feels it feels very optimistic for a Twitter a, a Twitter poll I, I don't know.
0: Well, I will admit that there are a wide range of outcomes. Now, I don't necessarily think that one of those outcomes is actually making the playoffs, but talking about being a team that is much better than what people are thinking, like there's a lot of folks that are saying, oh yeah, they're going to set the franchise record for losses this year. Like the whole thing with this is the team is built on rookies or rookies plus one, you know, guys like Hunter Green, Nick Graham Ashcraft, you know, in their second year's, And it's also got a bunch of bounce back candidates, guys who are coming back from injury, guys who are coming back from down years, things like that. There really isn't that sort of like, you know, stalwart presence there in the middle of the lineup. There's not really that, that veteran, just awesome guy there in the pitching staff. There are a lot of question marks, but a lot of those question marks have answers to them. And this is not a team. The other factor that I put into my, my thought on smashing the over with 65 and a half is this is not a team that is going to blow it up at the deadline and and blowing it up at the deadline. Isn't trading Will Myers like trading Will Myers is fine. The, the Reds can be okay if they trade Will Myers and he's probably going to be the only guy like, I don't envision Luke Weaver pitching well enough to be a trade chip. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, but I overall, think I agree with we're that. not talking about a team that's going to completely Flip its record on its head by trading a bunch of dudes at the deadline.
1: So I, I love our our followers, our listeners, our viewers. Uh, jeff because they never disappoint me with the what they bring to these conversations right. so i'm going to go through you know i did ask when i put the poll up for people to to comment with their thoughts and there's been some some very good comments i want to go through just a few of them uh yeah. well, jimmy Pittman says that his uncle jeff carr told him to always take the up the over <laughs> so there's that uh i don't know that you influence 60 percent of the voters that way jeff but you know uh, that's what Jimmy thinks. Uh, Nate Dotson checked in. Our, our buddy Nate, brother of our friend Chad. Um, he says there's only two non-COVID seasons since 1982, since the 1982 debacle where the Reds haven't hit 66 or more. So he likes the odds. He likes yeah. the over there. Uh, a couple different commenters put in, and so I'll just lump them all together. And this is the point that sways me the most and maybe oh, taking the over again. Many people believe that there is absolutely no way that the reds replicate their three and 22 start that they had last season uh they don't believe that will happen again and you know so even if they just play somewhere around the neighborhood of 500 ball they would improve their win total enough from last year to this year to actually hit the over in in this particular set of circumstances so for me um Between, you know, your argument about the team not being blown up, they'll be playing as kind of a cohesive unit. We hope that by the complete overhaul of the medical department within the Reds organization that we don't deal with another record-setting year of injuries. There'll be injuries. Look, folks, it's pro sports. People are going to get hurt. They're going to get nixed. 162 games is a lot of games. There will be injuries. but. What we saw last season was unprecedented. And I think the Reds have made changes to prevent that from happening again. So that combined with the fact that they'll be playing as a group, combined with the fact that I do agree that I can't see them opening the season with another horrible, you know, three win April. I just don't think that's going to happen. So taking all of those things into account, I am going to go with Jeff Carr and take the over at 65.5.
0: Take the over at sixty five point five. I I definitely agree. And like, look the the whole three and twenty two point and not doing that again. I've had many people tell me, and they've watched baseball much longer than I have, that have said fans don't give enough credit for how hard it is to lose a hundred games because there are some games where you are just better than the other team, sure. And there's some games where you're not better than the other team. But there's games where you run into managers that make goofy decisions. And I think there's a lot of folks that like to say, well, David Bell is that guy every day. He's not that guy every day. There's plenty of guys in Major League Baseball that do dumb stuff as managers. So there's going to be games that you win that you should have lost. There's going to be games that you lost that you should have won. And I think overall, you're looking at a team that, are they going to lose more than 100 games again two years in a row? I don't think so. I, I think they end up with a better season than they had last year i still say that they're going to win at least 75 games but i certainly believe that that makes it a very obvious choice to smash the over at 65 and a half
1: What's that? That saying is it like you win sixty, you lose sixty, and it's what you do with the other forty? Oh, what is it? It's something, something so. like that, right? I
0: think it's yeah, it's like sixty and sixty. Who was it? That, I think was it Yogi Bear that said that? Yeah, it was like sixty and sixty, and then the rest is you know the rest is up to your
1: talent and to love, or something, something like. along those lines. That sounds like a good place to stop for the day, Jeff. I think that is where we will go ahead and wrap it up with us both. Being optimistic enough to take the over. That's going to wrap this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up tomorrow, I think we're going to be talking a little spring training baseball. We're uh, no. moving. Uh, ever so quickly towards pitchers and catchers reporting on February 14th. Happy Valentine's day, baseball wives. Your husbands are going back to work. That's what baseball decided to do. We will uh, talk to you about who may have the most to prove once camp opens for the Cincinnati reds in 2023. Uh, We're going to be taking a look at that. Thanks so much for making locked on reds. Your first listen. Now go make your second listen to the locked on MLB prospects podcast with hosts, Lindsey Crosby. Lindsey's been on this show. We love having him around to talk prospects. He is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going to give you all of the information you need on Major League Baseball's stars of tomorrow. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, that's a mouthful, is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Locked On Reds. All right, Jeff, we are about 14 days, two weeks away From camp opening out in Goodyear, baseball is coming, baby. What does that mean for our listeners and viewers? That means that we
0: will be locked in all of the moves that the Reds make, how the roster shapes out, who's performing well, who's not, who's going to be in the minor leagues whenever the season starts, and who's going to be on that opening day roster because we are locked on Reds every single day.